This is New England Patriots running back and three-time Super Bowl champion James White. You're listening to the Two Minute Drill. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Minute Drill podcast. I'm Adam, joined by Dan. Uh, Kev's running it a little late. He's going to be joining later on in the episode, unfortunately, but uh, look forward to having him on later on. But uh, just get right into it. You guys know the drill at this point. But man, oh man, another heartbreaking loss. Cowboys 35, Pats 29. Still trying to process everything that happened in that game, especially at the end. A lot lot of crazy things going on, but for some reason, the Patriots just can't seem to finish these close battles, man. And it's really, we're a better team than a 2-4 record, but for some reason, we just can't get the job done at the end. Uh, Dan, how are you you feeling, man? I mean, this was a tough one. This is is a team that, so far has just managed to lose in the most heartbreaking ways possible. Um, and I, I don't know. I, th- I think you're right. I don't think this is a 2-4 and four team when you watch us play, but I really can't get a read on us, man, because it just feels like we just match our competition. You know what I mean? We're, we're playing the reigning Super Bowl champs. You know, we're, we're missing Trent Brown, all these pieces. It's looking like we're totally going to lose Brady revenge game. And we give them a great game, play right up to them. Same thing with Dallas, missing a ton of guys. This is an insane offense. We were just getting torched by Davis Mills. Not that our defense played amazing, but they were getting these takeaways. And, I mean, same thing. Like, our offense came out so well. We played up to them. And then, yeah, last week we played Houston. I know we were missing some guys, but they're, like, the worst team in the NFL, and they very nearly beat us. So, I don't know. I think I think playing the Jets next week is going to help, but – you know, as far as the specifics of that Dallas game, I don't know. I, I, I wrote an article. What really frustrated me was, you know, there was some stuff down the end where it was like, all right, the defense, you know, couldn't show up late. The offense was making some mistakes. You know, a little bit of questionable officiating to end that game, the uh, potential DPI against Aguilar. But to me, it's really just coaching and game plan. I mean, this is – Far and away, when you look at this, the most conservative team in the NFL, and it's like very clearly losing us games. You, you don't, you know, uh, we have what was it? It was a four point lead after we'd gotten that strip, uh, strip tackle on Dak at like the one. We've got all this momentum. You kneel at the half. End of the game, you've got like 20 seconds of timeout, tie game, kneel that out to overtime, fourth and short from midfield. You're going against an offense that your defense has not been able to stop. You've gotten lucky with some turnovers, missed field goals, things like that. But this is not a team that's been punting. If they score any variation, they win the game and you punt the ball. I like I just don't I, I can't understand it. It's it's kind of the trend of the year from the play calling to the situation stuff. We're just too damn conservative. It's almost like we're playing not to lose like we did with Brady because when we had Brady for all the years, we were the better team and we would just wait for the opponent to make the crucial mistake. But we can't play like that anymore. We're just letting teams hang around. We're not we're not being aggressive. We're not trying to put a nail in. You know what I mean? And like you said, that minute and a half before halftime against the Cowboys offense who you know is going to put up 30 points no matter how it happens, you can't knee the ball out i understand mac got leveled a couple drives before that by randy gregory which was i was shocked that mac was even able to stand up after Dude, that well, hit. well how about if i can just cut you off for a second we talk about that play that's yadin could getting blown by 
You have Isaiah Wynn back off the COVID list. You have Michael Onwenu back off the COVID list. Both of them active. Onwenu had been practicing with the team during the week, and you don't start them. You leave them out until Mac Jones takes, like, the biggest hit of his career, huge fumble that changes the game. Then you put them in. Like, what kind of philosophy is that? It really doesn't make sense. And I know we've had injuries and COVID lists and, you know, all, all the guys in the offensive line. It's been a lot of different formations and guys starting in different positions on that, on that line. But what really haunts me is before that Mac fumble, the strip sack where he got blasted, Jacoby Myers finally caught a touchdown. I was at the game with Kev. Oh, my God. The place was going nuts. We just we were going to take a 21-7 lead. It finally felt like everything was coming together. Like, oh, my God, we're, we're alive. 21 points in the first quarter. And, then James and bam, Durant. holding call. Holding call. Next play, Mac gets I, – I haven't seen a hit like that in a while on a quarterback. He got blown up you know in the air. You know what's insane, though? It might – Teddy's taken this season. No, probably probably not. I think the I, one on Devin, the one Devin White got him with on his Oh yeah, on a bigger hit. I think the reason why, like, he Mac didn't even see that hit coming, so he was just mm-hmm. swept off of his feet. But with the Devin White one, when he he had to like tense up, so he really got crunched. Because when you're yeah. just loose, it doesn't really feel as hard. But uh, you know, there's just a lot to take away. Um, but back to the conservative play calling stuff. It's really frustrating. Going, not going forward on that fourth down and overtime too. Like I understand it, but like as soon as you punted, you knew you knew what was going to happen. Dallas was red hot. You know that offense is going to drive right down the field. And same earlier in the game when we had the punt blocked, we were all wanted to go for it on fourth down. But credit to the defense, I think that was the same drive after that punt block that we held them on the goal line uh, for four straight plays from the one yard line, which was awesome. They also had an interception in the red zone. So mm-hmm. big shout out to the red zone defense, but. It's just – it's frustrating, man. It really is. Yeah, and then, I mean, it's just the way – Dallas has a great offense, but just the way the defense fell apart at the end, man, that just cannot happen. And it's it, it's Justin Bethel in particular where he allows – he had allowed the uh, the touchdown to CD first, uh, the one kind of like a, like a lofted pass, the one CD kind of like dragged the feet to stay in on. That's one thing, you know, it's just – tough to defend a guy like that in the, you know that close to the end zone. I think that pass was coming from like the two-yard line, something like that. All right, fair. Give him the pass. But then the third and 25, and you let him get 23 that easily. That was that was it. That was our chance. Like, we had had that fourth down before. That one I'm not even mad about because the ball Dak delivered to Cedric Wilson was perfect. Cedric Wilson had to make a great catch where he was like, you know, leaping that one. So I can't even really fault our defense for that. But for CD Lamb to be wide open that far down the field to just set them up for that field goal, oh, man, that was crushing. Because what that really should have been was, you know, at most, even if you let them get like 10, 12 yards, they're still looking at like a fourth and 13. The chances they picked that up are so slim. And then obviously you have, you know, Bethel, Allowing that walk-off touchdown to land, or I'm sorry, not Bethel Mills. Hope I was saying Bethel this whole time. He actually played great. Had that big pass breakup to get us the interception. Was really good on special teams. He had that one strip that we couldn't get. But um, yeah, I mean, and then Mills leaves CD wide open to just walk into the walk into the end zone. He really disappointed me because I had some high hopes for him. With you know, if he was out against Houston, 
And, you know, it seemed like that game had kind of proved just was for our defense. And then for him to come out with a performance like that, man, it just really sucked. Oh, absolutely. And I will give him some credit, though, because the matchup against a guy like CeeDee Lamb and Jalen Mills, he doesn't belong covering a guy like that. CeeDee's way too quick, way too shifty. But he was killing him all night long. And back to what you were saying about that third and 25, so frustrating. Why does CD wide open in the middle of the field with nobody around him close to seven yards? Just wide open right in the middle. Quick 23, 24-yard gain to put him right in the field goal range. Even if you – I don't even know. Like you said, they pick up a couple yards. It's a tough fourth down. But even if it's like an incomplete ball, a contested ball, now we're talking fourth and 25, fourth and 20, fourth and 15. It's very tough to pick up, especially after getting that fourth and seven, fourth and eight earlier in the drive it just it just seemed like everything started going the Cowboys way they were getting hot and I think our defense was tired because that's a tough offense to run around with all night long and I think our run defense played pretty solid considering that I think Zeke ripped off a couple big runs but try to take him away there's just so many elements to that Cowboys offense that it's just tough to contain all of it and I got to tip my cap to Dak because he I think he balled out man what did he have like 400 something yards he three touchdowns four to- I don't even know but he he had a damn good day he ripped our defense up but uh it's just I, I don't understand why we can't win these these close games man and I will say that Mac pick was pretty brutal we had the chance to win right there we needed a first down or two to put the game away and as soon as that field goal was missed at the end of the game I thought oh my god here it is man let's this is it and then boom Mac kind of puts the ball out two out in front of I think it was born right Picked off by uh, Trayvon Diggs right to the end zone. Tough, tough look. But Mac comes back, shows some resilience, and throws a bomb right to Bourne for an 80-yard touchdown or 75-yard touchdown to put us back in the lead. So I was really, really excited to see Mac come out and show some uh, show some grit after a tough, tough play. But I just don't understand, man. We gotta, we gotta start winning these close ones because they're gonna keep coming with a team like us. I know, and you know. It is unfortunate. One of the first things I did after the loss was, you know, take a look at our schedule, hoping this was, you know, just something I could look forward to. All right, this was like a rough patch we got through, whatever. It's not. I mean, we've got we've got some tough games. We still have to play the Bills twice. We get the Jets this week. Got to play the Chargers next week. We got the Titans. We got the Browns. I don't know, man. I'm not. It, it's going to be tough, and I, I don't – I don't really know what I want at this point because I do think this is a team that needs help, especially offensively. Uh, and you know me, I'm obviously a big draft guy. So, you know, getting that high pick and being able to get Mac Jones a weapon for the long, hopefully that could just, you know, settle out our team or whatever. But I know that this team should be better than that. And back to, you know, just the game plan with this staff, I don't know that Bill Belichick really knows. It, like, it's a new thing for him. It's completely fair if he doesn't. But I don't think Bill Belichick really knows how to treat a rookie quarterback. Um, I think that he might be looking at this like, all right, well, in order to make sure that this guy's really going to be good and I don't have to go through a 2020 again, and I can just, you know, from here on out, Mac is going to be my guy and that can just, you know, put the quarterback to rest. He will be my guy going forward. He might think that I need to, like, really put the training wheels on this entire season and just use this for him to develop. And I don't know, that's just so frustrating when you look at 
everything we spent and all that we brought in to have a competitive roster this year if you then just throw this season away for Mac Jones' development because he's shown moments where it's like he's good. He can handle it. You look at Tampa Bay when he's taking the team down the field, no huddle. You look at that throw he made to Bourne at the end of the game in Dallas. Like, he looks capable. He looks ready. And I don't know. It's just – we're never going to find out what we have in him if we keep just playing like this, if we keep setting the offense up like this. I think a lot. Uh, there's a lot to do with how bad our offensive line is, and I feel like with a rookie quarterback, this is only a sixth NFL game. I know we hold our quarterbacks to such a high standard because we watch Tom Brady all of our lives, but Bill's out there. He's seen all the hits Max taking. He's getting destroyed in a lot of these plays. At some plays, he can barely even drop back without a guy in his face. And I think that's part of the reason, or if not the biggest reason, why Belichick and McDaniels are pretty conservative at some times with Mac because he's still a rookie. And at the end of the day, as bad as we want our team to do well, go 11-5, and five, make the playoffs, make a run, it's really a marathon, not a sprint, because at the end of the day, we do have a rookie quarterback. It is about getting him ready for the future and getting his confidence under him. And like you said, man, we signed so many guys in the offseason. It's a brand-new offense. And we're only six games in. I know we want to see more out of these guys. But it does take some time to gel, you know, and I, as bad as we want things to rush and look perfect and glue it all up and get the offense rolling, it's still going to take some time. But I'm just happy. One thing I can take away from the offense is how good they did play before that Jacoby uh, holding call that took back his touchdown because if that doesn't happen, we're up 21-7. Our offense is moving and rolling and we're, we're looking good. But it just stinks that we're only a couple plays away from being a four and two football team and the narrative is completely different, but unfortunately we're two and four and it's not, a doesn't look too bright down the schedule either with all these tough matchups coming up. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's weird with a 17 game season. Cause you can't really, you know, usually you shoot for 10 and six and then in the back of your mind, you kind of know that there's usually a nine and 17 that gets in every year, but you know, I don't know if 10 and seven cuts it this year, but even for that, you'd have to what go eight and three to end the year. I mean, that's not going to be easy when you can't even win games at home. So, I don't know. It, it's going to be really tough. The AFC is pretty solid this year. I'm hoping we can squeeze into that seven spot, but I don't know. And it's weird, too, because this is a game that, like, going into it, I, you know, I didn't expect to win. Dallas should be a better team than us. Um, but just the fashion in which we lost, it almost, it almost makes your outlook on the season worse because you're just like – we can't get it done in close games. Like this is this is one of those games that we win ten times out of ten with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. It's it's a weird thing to say, but it's totally true. Like this whole game, my heart was racing every time Dallas had the ball. I like legitimately, I was scared. I was like, they're gonna score right now. Every time we had the ball, Mac was throwing, or you know they were doing whatever. I was thinking, oh my god, they're gonna fumble. He's gonna throw a pick. Like I was freaking out. It's like. It's how I get – I'm a big Notre Dame fan. It's how I get when Notre Dame's playing like Alabama or they're playing in one of these big games. I just get so nervous with whatever's happening. And back when we had Brady, dude, there would be times where we'd be in games like that and they're like – I'd be like on my phone and shit. There wouldn't even be plays that I'd be watching because I'd be so confident like, oh, we have the ball. There's more than like a minute left. We need a field goal. Oh, easy. Like no doubt. So. Yeah, it's it's things that they're it's these late game losses that I mean, obviously we all New England fans greatly appreciate Tom Brady and his greatness and everything he done did for us and our team. 
but it makes you really appreciate him now when, like you said, there'd be times where the game's going on like that, and it's like, all right, you know, if Brady gets the ball back with under a minute, I don't even have to watch the game. I know what's going to happen. It was a lot easier back then, but now we're going through the growing pains of a rookie quarterback. The team's trying to find their real identity, and this, the consequence of that is losing these close games, and it's it stinks because there's been a couple of them this year. I just I'm just happy that we even squeaked out a Texans win because as bad as we as much as we could be four and two, we could even be one and five right now. So yeah, give or take, whatever, but. Something's got to give, man, because Belichick's known for being such a good situational coach and making the right calls and everything. But so far this year, man, he he really seems like he's taking the, his foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah, definitely a frustrating start to the season. I think we could go on and on about this all night. Uh, but I think we'll transition over to the picks here. So we're going to be cutting these together. So, all right, so got to hop into the picks here. Week seven, getting it going. First game, we've got the Green Bay Packers at home taking on the Washington football team. Packers are the nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Kev, who you got? So I know it's a lot of points. I do got to roll with Green Bay here. Green Bay is at home. Washington played a pretty good game. <clears throat> Sorry. Washington played a pretty good game last week. Versus fell short. Chiefs came up late with the uh, covering the – Six and a half that they were favored. I kind of see that going in this way. Green Bay's five and one ever since their uh, their home loss to the Saints. I think Green Bay wins by more than nine and a half. So give me Green Bay. Yeah, I agree with you here, Kev. It is kind of a lot of points, but Green Bay is one of the best teams in the NFL right now. High-powered offense. Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are cooking with each other right now, and I can't see Heineke in that Washington football team offense being able to keep up with them. So I like Green Bay here. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers. Uh, Washington, they've been a confusing team this year. Just really haven't looked great. I think this Packers team is very legit. That week one loss definitely is looking like a fluke. I'm going to go with Green Bay here. Next game, we've got the Tennessee Titans at home taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are the four-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? So this was a tough one with Kansas City being four-and-a-half-point favorites. But I do have to go Tennessee. I needed a mix in a couple underdogs here. I like Tennessee at home. Good win versus Buffalo last week. I don't know what they were doing trying to <clears throat> go for it on fourth and one when you could have just kicked the field goal to go to OT. I get it. You want to win. But, you know, Kansas City's defense does not look that good. They haven't had it help yet. I expect they will for the trade deadline. You see Mahomes' contract that he got paid oh so much. Working their favor to get someone big. I like Derrick Henry. I like A.J. Brown. Give me the Titans four and a half. I'm leaning towards Titans here too. Uh, Derrick Henry is going off this year, and it's we all know the Chiefs defense. Year. He does every year, but this year, you know, you're right. He's he's an absolute animal. He's King Henry for a reason. The Kansas City defense couldn't stop, can't really stop anything, and I doubt they'll be able to hold, contain Henry the entire game. And they could take the ball out of Mahomes' hands and just play with Henry and bleed the clock out and. I know when you look at Kansas City and four and a half really isn't that much for an offense like that, but Tennessee's an overtime loss away from being five and one right now when they lost to the Jets a few weeks back. So I think they're a pretty damn good team and they, they go as Derrick Henry goes and he's rolling right now. So I like them with the points. I'm going to go with the Chiefs here and I know this has been kind of an every week thing, but I just can't stop now. I feel like they got to figure it out at some point. Uh, Titans, that was a huge win against the Bills. I feel like this could be a bit of a letdown game. I'm going to go with Kansas City. 
Next game, we've got the Miami Dolphins at home taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Dolphins are the two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Who you got? See, I'm not taking Atlanta. I understand <laughs> that Miami had the collapse versus Jacksonville. Was not expecting that. But then again, it's Brian Flores. I expect him to get this team ready after that embarrassing loss. Atlanta, it's Atlanta. I get it. What are they, two and three? It is what it is. I'm not, especially with Miami getting points at home, you cannot, for me, I could not go against Miami, so I'm taking Miami. Yeah, I'm leaning towards the Dolphins here, too. Uh, never really good when you have to bet with the Atlanta Falcons, and I know Miami's struggling right now. What are they, one, one and five? And, of course, their only win is against us, right? It's yep. just, it looks really bad, but I think Miami's a better football team than what their <laughs> record says, and they're the home underdog. It's tough down there. I know Atlanta's down south, but Miami's real hot. It gets toasted down there, and Miami's like a decent team. They're, they're due to win at some point, so I think they bounce back this week and win straight up, so give me Miami and the points. Yeah, I'm going to go with Miami with the points here. Um, you know, it's it's two bad teams, so I think the safe move is to take the points. Uh, I feel like Miami's got to figure it out at some point. They were kind of like the darling last season, a team everybody thought would maybe be able to sneak into the playoffs, and you know, definitely have high hopes for them this year, but they just haven't been able to figure it out thus far. I think someday they could get a big win. Next game, we've got the New England Patriots at home taking on the New York Jets. Pats are the seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? I'm going to go with the New York Jets. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I, that. <laughs> I said one of my rules is I'm never going to take the Jets. I'm not going to take the Jets unless it's against the Falcons. That already cost me, but it's whatever. You know, this is a big game for the Pats. This kind of has trap game vibes all over it, even though when you are, what are we, two and four now? When you're two and four, there's no such thing as a trap game. That's what my good buddy Adam told me, and he's 100% right. But at the same time, you know, they played good games last couple of weeks, including Dallas and Tampa. The environment has to be loud. We just have to get this team rolling, get a good win, statement win. Give me New England. Give me Mac Jones, seven and a half. Yeah, I'm rolling with New England here, too. I know we just faced the Jets a few weeks back, and, you know, I think this game, I think the Pats will cover, but it might be close for a decent amount of it because Zach Wilson played really bad football and made a lot of bad mistakes. In the final score, I forget what it was, but we won pretty convincingly, but the game was kind of closer than it should be after all the mistakes the Jets were making. Uh, I just want to see the Patriots get back on track here. Game at home. we got to get a home win, man. We're 0-4 at home this year. That just doesn't really sit right with the, any of us. So uh, hopefully New England can pull out, and I I like them to win by more than 7.5. So give me give me New England. Got to go with the Pats here. Uh, it's a must-win game. Got to take these easy ones like Houston a couple weeks ago. Um, 7.5, pretty big number, but I like us to cover that. So I'm going to go with the Pats here. Next game, we've got the Carolina Panthers on the road taking on the New York Giants. Panthers are the three-and-a-half-point favorites. We got? So I understand that Sam Donald and the Panthers are kind of coming back uh, from reality, even though they played Minnesota pretty tough last week. We knew that was going to be a good game. Giants are pretty much out every single starting guy on their offense, whether their O-line, I guess Sterling Shepard's in, Daniel Jones is in. But other than that, they got no weapons. Three and a half, I feel like that's a gimme. Vegas might know something more than I do, but I'm going to play it safe. Give me Carolina three and a half. I like Carolina as well. The Giants are pretty beat up. Uh, 
you know, if Donald doesn't make stupid mistakes, that offense can get rolling. I expect them to get back on track at some point. They got a solid defense over there. I'm not really high on the Giants right now, especially how injured they all are. So not too many points. I like Carolina here. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Panthers here as well. Uh, No Gilmore this week, unfortunately, for them. But the Giants, they're a team that's been struggling. They're missing a ton of pieces on offense right now. Three and a half isn't too crazy a number. I'm going Carolina. Next game, we've got the Baltimore Ravens going to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Ravens are the six-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? So I understand that Baltimore right now is probably the hottest team in the AFC. I would say NFL, but Arizona's still undefeated. Baltimore is on a fucking tear. But I do have to go Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati at home. I like the six-and-a-half. I think division rival, especially with Joe Burrow playing on Rails, Jamar Chase, I don't really know. I, I understand that Baltimore beat the Chargers 34-6 to last week, but I still, to be convincing on Baltimore, I got to see a little bit more. If they can beat Cincinnati by 10 or more, I'm fully on the Baltimore bandwagon of believing in them. But I like what Burrow's cooking down in Cincinnati. Give me Cincinnati six and a half. I'm rolling with the Bengals here too. Uh, huge game for the Bengals, man. Sitting there at four and two. They win this game. They can show that they're legit. Uh, division game, they're a home underdog. Burrow and Chase are clicking right now. I do love Lamar. I think the Ravens are a really good team. But six and a half is a little bit too much for a, a divisional game where you're the home underdog. I think Baltimore can sneak out a late victory over the Bengals, but I think Bengals will stick around to cover. Uh, give me Joey Burrow here. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think you just don't overthink this one, Baltimore. They just got a huge win, blowout win last week against the Chargers team that a lot of people thought could beat them. Uh, they've proven to be one of the hottest teams in the NFL, like Kev said. I'm going to go with the Ravens here. Next game, we've got the Las Vegas Raiders at home taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. The Raiders are the three-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got? So this was a tough one. I feel like both teams are kind of even. Um, I'm going to go with the Eagles with the three-and-a-half. I know Vegas, you know, Played a good game last week versus Denver. First game without Gruden. Josh Jacobs said that there's no anxiety on the sidelines. So clearly Gruden was a little bit of the issue down in Vegas when the collapse happened. But there's a lot of Eagles fans going to this game. I don't know if you guys have been seeing this, but I've seen so many Eagles fans. Like BDS Eagles fans, they had like so many buses go down there. So, you know, I'm just going to go Eagles. I think it'll be a close game. And I'm going to take the points on this one. So give me Eagles three and a half. Uh, Kev, I think this is the first time on this list we're going to have to disagree here. I'm going Vegas with the home team, three and a half, not too much. And there's just something about the Eagles, man. Like, they, they I, I don't know. I'm ball. not, they got to run the ball, but they don't. And it's like, I'm not the biggest Hurts guy. He'll keep you in a game, but he won't win you a game. Derek Carr's cooking right now. He's really hot. Uh, the Vegas offense can score a lot of points. Another defense isn't great except when they can get pressure. And something about the Eagles, man, that offense is just too streaky, and they'll start to come alive when they're already behind by too many points. So I think Vegas is the hotter team right now. I'm going to keep rolling with them, so give me Vegas. I'm going to go with the Raiders here, too. Uh, I like the new coach, Rich Basicchia. I think the team might be rallying around them a little bit, like what we saw down in Miami a couple of years ago when they got their interim coach. Uh, I think they could put together a couple wins here. I think Philly – at home is one they should be able to take care of. Give me the Raiders. 
Next as game, we got that. As really quick as a Patriots yeah. game, like we need Vegas to start losing games because no, the way I... the AFC is trickling down, it might come down to if the pass can get a little bit of streak and if Vegas collapses. Bengals, too. Yeah, 100% Bengals. I don't, think the Bang- I don't think the Bengals will collapse. Yeah, no, but I think we can kind of count on that with Vegas. They've been doing it all. Next game, we've got the Los Angeles Rams at home taking on the Detroit Lions. Rams are the 15-and-a-half-point favorites. We got? So, you know, Campbell called out Goff. It's Goff's uh, first time going well, – yeah, the Rams are home. So, Goff going back to L.A., faces former team. McVay, you know, there's bad blood. But I know it's 15-and-a-half points. And I know Detroit's a tough team, but they did get smacked last week versus the Bengals. So they, you kind of saw that Detroit's kind of fading after their first couple of tough games. It's kind of hard to keep playing tough after you keep losing. I think the Rams are too good. I think that Stafford's going to light up his old team as well. It's Stafford revenge game for him. So I know it's a lot of points. I know you both are probably going to take Detroit. But give me Rams 15 and a half. Hmm. I think you're going Rams because you're a big Matt Stafford guy. Don't lie to us. No, I dude, you know the Rams are legit. It's basically <laughs> seventeen points. That's that's nothing. That's yeah, nothing. yeah, that's that's nothing. Well, it's enough for me to not pick them because I'm going Detroit here. That a boy. A <laughs> <laughs> lot of points. You know that Dan Campbell team. Other than last week, they'll play any team tough. Keep it interesting. Keep it close. Like you said, Kev, revenge game for both quarterbacks on both sides, but. It's a big you're going, number, you're man. You're going with the worst quarterback. In the I, it's fine. I'm getting 15 and a half points with the worst quarterback. I think he'll be able to handle himself. And if not, then I won't feel that stupid because when you see a number like that, it's tough not to run with the team that has it. So give me Detroit in the 15 and a half. I'm going to go with the Rams here. Uh, I'm going to follow Boom. you, Kev. I've been big on the Lions this year, big on Dan Campbell. He cried two weeks ago. I thought that would be it. I thought that would be the rallying point, the spark for the team. I bet on them against Cincinnati. They got blown out. I, I've, I've just accepted that they're a bad team. So give me the Rams, 15. Next game, we've got the Arizona Cardinals on the road taking on the Houston Texans. Texans are the 17-and-a-half-point underdogs. Who you got? You know, 17 and a half is a lot of points. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Man, I, the Cardinals, I know. This is tough because it's a lot of points. It is what it is, you know. But these teams are powerful. So for that instance, 17 and a half, I think it'll, it'll be a close cover. So it is what it is. Give me Arizona 17 and a half. I don't think Davis Mills is going to be able to keep up with Kyle Murray. So. Kev, I'm fading you again, man. Another big spread, a lot of points. If Houston can show up and do half of what they did against us, against Arizona, that should be able to keep them within this 17 and a half point range. I'm rolling with Houston here. I know the Cardinals are undefeated, the best record in football. Their offense is on fire. But this is a lot of points. I know Houston sucks, all right? But I really can't say that very confidently because we almost lost to them. But 17.5 is a lot, man. I know I'm probably going to be wrong about one of these big point spreads, but it is what it is. Uh, Unfortunately, it sounds gross to say, but give me Houston. I'm going to go with the Texans here as well. 
I don't know what to make of them after, you know, some of the performances this year. They played great against us. Pretty bad last week. Pretty bad against Buffalo. Arizona, definitely a good team. 17 and a half, though. Very big number. I think the Texans can just, just lose this one by 17. That's all you got to do. Give me Houston. Next game, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home taking on the Chicago Bears. Bucks are the 13 and a half point favorites. Who you got? So this is where Adam goes, well, I know in the last two that I took the points, but 13 and a half, give me the bucks because it's Tom Brady. And like, not like Matt Stafford and Connor are playing at MVP levels as well. But for this game, I'm going to go with the Bucks. Two touchdowns, you know. I like Chicago. I think they're a tough team to play against on their defense. I know that field's going to get more uh, – Used to the Bears' offense, I got to get Allen Robinson more involved. I know Tampa's defense is still slacking at cornerback, but I think that their front seven's unreal. I know the Bucks don't have AB. No Gronk isn't back yet, but I think it's going to be a big Lenny Godwin and like Evans day. So give me Bucks thirteen and a half. You know what? I'm making a switch. I'm taking Chicago plus thirteen and a half right now because I did forget about no AB, no Gronk, no Levante David. I know Tampa Bay's at home. It's going to be hot down there. Uh, good throwing weather for Brady. They'll probably light it up. But I saw a stat about Brady in primetime, and he really has not been able to cover spreads. Well, not even not in primetime, just in general. Cover spreads of games for – it's been a while now. He does cover some usually, but the majority of the time, he, the games kind of stay close. I think, uh, that, I think... Was a, that was a primetime stat. That was not a cover in the spread. Oh, still, 13 and a half, like I said, for the last two picks. Uh, pretty good amount of points here, man. I think Chicago's going to try to keep the ball out of Brady's hands. I know that it's going to be tough to run against that Bucks defense, but, man, I, I don't know. I got a weird feeling I'm going with Chicago. I'm going with the Bucks here. I'm, I'm just not going to overthink this one. It's Brady. Uh, I know last week he kind of burned a lot of people kneeling that one out not pushing that spread over the line, but, you know, the Bucks were in control of that game the whole time. I think I think they very easily could have covered that. 13-and-a-half, definitely a big number, and I know the Bucks are missing some pieces on that defense, but I think that's still a defense that can give Fields some trouble, and I think it's going to be just enough for Tampa Bay to cover. Next game, we've got the San Francisco 49ers at home taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Niners are the three-and-a-half-point favorites. We got so I know Indy had a good win last week versus Houston. Houston, it is what it is. But I'm going to go with San Francisco. Jimmy's back. They're at home. They're still healthy on defense. I know they don't have Kittle. I know Ayuk has been getting called out every single week by Shanahan. Maybe it's a big Ayuk game. I know Indy's defense is solid. I know Wentz isn't really having that bad of a year as much as people like say he is. But three and a half. San Francisco at home. I can I can't take Indy, so give me Jimmy G. And uh, shout out to Marty for calling out Jimmy. By the way, that was electric. Oh, dude, Marty Marty is hilarious, man. Jimmy's a bitch, huh? Apparently to Marty, dude, I was dying over that. But, but I remember that like it was yesterday, and he's not wrong, dude. Jimmy was expected to play all week, and then Sunday, like an hour before the game, he just doesn't play. And Jacoby has to go in. That was brutal. And it does make sense, too, with, like, his agent holding him off the field. He doesn't want to further the injury. But oh, the good old times, man. But in this game, I'm taking Indy in the points. 
like you said, Kev, Indy coming off a solid win last week over the Texans. I know it's not the toughest opponent, but they're starting to roll. I think they're a better football team than what their record says, especially when Carson Wentz can play well. They got a solid defense, and this is Jimmy's first game back from his injury a couple weeks ago. I don't know, man. I know it's I know it's a favorable line for San Fran, but it's something about these Colts. I have a good feeling about them, so give me Colts in the points. I'm going to go with the Colts here too, Adam. Uh, I agree <laughs> with what you were saying. Really not as bad as their record shows. I think the Baltimore game was able to prove that. Uh, and, I, you know, I like the three and a half here. I think this is going to be a close game, so give me the Colts. Final game, Monday Night Football. Saints on the road taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Saints are the five-and-a-half-point favorites. We got So, I know Gino played a pretty solid game last week, kind of what I expected. It was versus Pittsburgh's defense. Seattle ended up good covering as an underdog versus Pittsburgh last week. I know the Saints, Saints are coming off a bye, so the, obviously that one week of rest. But I'm still going to go Seattle. Seattle's at home. It's always tough to play down in Seattle. Maybe Winston struggles to begin the game. Maybe Geno kind of figures it out more with that offense. They're really not that bad. I think that it'll be a low-scoring game. But I got to go Seattle at home with the points. Um, oh, Adam off. Uh, Dan, a little excited there, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I respect it. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to New Orleans here. Um, you know, Gino played pretty decently against the Steelers last week. Uh, but this is Sean, this is Sean Payton against Gino Smith. I want to see what he can uh, he can dial up. And Seattle's what? defense really isn't what. That, what do you mean? That was like the weirdest thing I've ever heard. This is Sean Payton versus Gino Smith. Yeah, he's going to formulate a good game plan to not let them score. You know what I mean? And Seattle's defense isn't all that great. And New Orleans is a well-coached team. You saw what they did to us. If they can start hot, I think – I don't know if Gino will be able to keep up, even though I do think Gino has played some solid football. But I don't know. I like New Orleans here. Yep. um, I'm going to go with the Seahawks here, as you heard a little bit earlier. I like the points at home. You know, it is Geno Smith. It is Sean Payton versus Geno Smith. Uh, but Geno, he, you know, he was able to do enough against Seattle last week. Obviously, you have that fumble late. That's not great. <laughs> <laughs> but at CenturyLink, I think Seattle can cover this, can keep this game close. Give me the Seahawks. Dude, Geno, so, Geno did do nasty against Seattle last week, though. Geno against yeah. Seattle? Against he did Seattle. nasty. <laughs> against Seattle? Yeah. <laughs> You mean Pittsburgh? That's what Dan said. Oh, my God. You didn't even catch it? <laughs> no, I dropped it. Oh. Yeah, no, Dan was like, oh, Gino did do pretty good against Seattle last week. <laughs> I got to get him back for the Katarius Thune. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> All right. Picks out of the way. Let's get into the important stuff, guys. Pat's Jets Sunday. Kevin, give me your thoughts. So this, I don't want this to be a trap game like Adam touched on earlier. You cannot go 0-5 at home. It's only October. This is going to be a fifth home game. I cannot take another loss at home. I know it's the Jets. It doesn't matter if the environment needs just need to act like it's the Cowboys. Like, fuck, atmosphere has to be there. The offense has to come out. Got to get throwing. Got to trust Mac Moore in the deep balls. Just play, just play your game. Play your style. Don't like have it be like the Houston week where you just don't come out firing and let it be a close game. 
Don't make me overthink it. Come on, Pat. You got you fucking come out fire, and that's all I want. Yeah, I mean, it's been a weird trend that we've been playing down to our competition against the bad teams and playing up to the competition against the better teams like the Bucks and Cowboys game. And I agree with you here, Kev. I want to see the Pats come out firing, starting hot, kind of like they did against the Cowboys. That offense was rolling in that first half, kind of setting the tone. And we got to get out there and start throwing the ball around and put up some points quick because we can't really sit around and get these field goals and keeping this game close. Hoping for a bounce back game, a bounce back week. We need to get a win here. And I'm still waiting for the big Janu breakout game. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that can come this Sunday against the Jets team. That's really not all that great. And hopefully we can force uh, Zach Wilson into some more mistakes like we did last time. He tossed around four interceptions, if I remember correctly. So hopefully the defense can uh, come out and do that again and we can get back on track. Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks that a game against the Jets is such a big game, but it really is. We have to get that home win. I mean, if we, if we lose this, this is it. Uh, Kev, you might know, was it week seven last year, the 49ers game? Um, yeah, I think it was like that same well, time. That, yeah, so there you go. Again, right around the same time. It's pretty much season on the line. I, I remember talking about that 49ers game about, you know, if we can't get this one done, that's it. Trade Gilmore, season's over. I think even after getting blown out, we still talked ourselves back into this team. But this game, this is it. This is the season. We have to beat the Jets. No Jonathan Jones. He went on IR earlier today below for our cornerback room but it's the Jets we we just got to get it done we got to win nothing more than that gotta believe in Miles Bryant that's one thing for sure I think yes. uh, Devin McCourty had a lot of praise for Miles Bryant saying he didn't understand why he was on the practice squad to begin with uh Justin Bethel did actually come out to play last week as well he was the one who basically got that interception I don't want to see Bethel at the corner I know he made that one good play get Miles Bryant in the spot I think he can do it I think that, you know, just keep the Jets low scoring. You know, just let Mac attack. Got to get the ball here. And speaking of Mac attack, Dan, I'm going to start with you. I need score predictions and stats for number 10. All right. So my score prediction was actually pretty last week. I did have Pat scoring 29 points. I remember I also remember that I had Mac throwing two touchdown passes. So for this week, I'm going to go with Pats, 30, Jets, 30 to 13. The Pats get the win. Mac Jones goes 20 of 33 for 198 yards and a touchdown. I like it, Dan. Uh, I got this game being a little closer. Uh Pats 26, Jets 17. They cover by but by just a couple points. For Mac, I'm thinking 21 to 29. Pretty efficient game. 192 yards and one touchdown. Damn, no passing yards for Mac from you boys. You know, I'm going to say Pats win 24 to 13. Actually, 20, give me 24 10. Maybe Zach Wilson is on the first drive and that'll be it. Give me Pats 24 10. I'm going to have Mac Jones go 25 for 32. And I'm going to say, I want to be bold, but this might be Mac Jones' first 300-yard passing day. Give wow. me Mac Jones 302, and you got to go safe with the two tubbies. Oh, I hope so. He needs a big stat day like that. All right, hopefully Kevin's Mac Jones prediction 
is right on the money. He has a big game like he just out there. And, guys, I think that'll do it. I think all we've got left to do now is watch our Pats, wait and see what they can do on Sunday. And we'll be back here next week with our reactions, like always. Thank you guys for tuning in.